and welcome to the Pit Ips Podcast. Uh, I'm the host. Uh, this is episode 107. Those are my co-hosts. Uh, oh, my name's Angelo. Uh, I'm, I'm here with Will. Yo, what is up, listeners of the Pit Imps? Yeah, and there's this thing about Will. Will is delightfully dependable in the fact that he's completely undependable. Do what now? You're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and because of this, I knew at some point I would have to sit down and find somebody to sit in the third seat. But because we're building this studio, it would have to be a local person. So after doing some talking and some figuring out over the holidays, we decided to give this gent a chance. Um, this is Mr. Michael Broderick. Hello, Hello guys. young Broderick. Hello, Will. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mike. Um, hopefully you do Thanks well. Cool, cool. Um, we'll get your audio fixed in the next couple weeks. So just deal yeah. with it for now, folks. Um, who are you, Mike? Yeah, we need to know who you are. Or well, uh, we don't need to know, but they need to know. For the most part, uh, I'm a local player. Up until recently, I mainly just did anything Pittsburgh area or greater. Uh, I've been playing Magic since about uh start of Scars of Meriden, so not too long. But uh, the amount of content I've watched is I uh, I pretty much promote a lot of well, I'm a fan of a lot of. Good stores around the area. Uh, recently I've been traveling to, like, Columbus. Probably gonna be heading up to Cleveland for GP. So pretty much starting to get, uh, not quite professional, but a traveling magic career started. Sweet, sweet. Do you have any preference as far as when you're sitting down to play what you'd like to play? Uh, not really. I'm not a huge fan of, like, slow blue control decks that have, like, one or no win conditions. Okay. Ah, come on. Those are the best, but anyway, <laughs> what I was talking was, is there a format that you'd like to sit down to play? Um, I enjoy myself some draft and sealed, but recently I have pretty much started to fall in love with modern. Oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I, I definitely consider you kind of a, like a mad scientist deck connoisseur from, from what I've seen you play. You definitely like to find, yeah. you know, constructed decks that are really on the envelope and, and learn them and play them pretty well, which is, you know, to say nothing of your limited prowess. I love looking for cards like, uh, Inner Servant came out in M15, pairing that up with uh, Master Proltis was uh, a very fun pet deck of mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. Anyway, so, but we have a show to do. It's good to finally meet you, Mike. Good to finally have you on the show and all that other stuff. But now just sh- sit down, shut up, and know your damn role. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> we got to be tough on him early, you know? Man, Martin Juza again. This guy. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> So Grand Prix Seville happened, guys, and they were sitting down. It was some, you know, top standard play and saw some interesting things pop up, but not completely unexpected, would any of you say? Oh, really? Nah, nah. Um, so here's the way the top eight broke down. We have, uh, Nicholas Miram. He goes two over, two o over Alexander Haybart. Emmanuel Gertjesson, two one over Marco Carvalho. Martin Yuza. Again. 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 But he loses to Pierre Salmon, 2-0. Still a profitable. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, and we have Marcos Cordero Val, uh, and he loses to Carlos Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> His name is definitely Battlestar Galactica. It's Benestier Garcia. See, um, I think it's actually in, in Spanish, right? Don't you do the Y when there's two L's? So it's like by Biester Garcia, and like it's Marcos Cardaro Valle. I don't know. I don't know. I suck. I don't well. either. I'm I'm American. I'm fucking retarded. I have some light Spanish, and I believe you are correct there, Will. I like Mike already. 
<laughs> Anybody who washes your balls. <laughs> hey, man, they get dirty. Drag on the ground all the time. Uh, it start somewhere. Yeah, well, at least I, hopefully my back doesn't hurt as much anymore from carrying right. grass. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so we have Pierre Salmon. Uh, he beats uh, Garcia 2-1, and we have Emmanuel Gertrudson 2-0 over Nicholas Miram. And Emmanuel Gertrudson wins this thing 2-1 over Pierre Salmon, and this is Gertrudson's second GP win in like the last six months. He, uh, believe it was, yeah, it was Milan last year. He played a, uh, heavy aggro deck. So you would expect, you know, another aggro deck, and no, he does not bring an aggro deck. Because that would make sense. Oh, you just brought the right deck. <laughs> yeah, really. That would make sense, and why would, you know, we want magic to make sense for us. So he was on, like, the five wincon slow, dirtily blue deck that Mike hates. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Dude, he has three radiant fountains in his list. Like, that is hardcore. Dude, that's four a- dismal backwaters. Well, you have to understand the late game, uh, implica- implications of a ra- of three radiant fountains when you have a pearl lake. Pearl lake ancient. Oh, no, no, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's a great thing. Like, he has that, you know, theoretically at least ten life gain in his 70, in his 75 cards. Like, with, then you mentioned the pearl lake ancient for just going crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna so turn my pearl lake ancient and, uh, these three radiant fountains and just continue to gain all the life because yeah. why the hell not? Anyway, deck's really cool. Uh, we're looking at two Ashiok Nightmare Weavers, two Ugans, the one m- mentioned Pearl Lake Ancient. He has an artifact in here. That's a Perilous Vault. I think one is a good number. I think so, too. Uh, and then we have a bunch of spells. Two yes! <laughs> two Crux of Fate was a little weird to me. I was, I, I expected more. Well, I mean, like, the thing about the blue-black deck is if you if you look at the standard season pre the, the newest set release, like, it was just really content to one-for-one one and then late game be able to draw more cards than your opponent. Right. Like, the, the spot removal is really, really sweet, so, you know, to not have clunky sorceries in your deck is a, is an interesting call that seems like it worked out this week. Yeah, um, so he has four dig through times, so when he does need that crux, he gets it. Um, he has three chases ingenuity because who doesn't like card Woo! drawing? <laughs> four Bioblights, four Heroes Downfall, Silence of the Believers, four Disdainful Strokes, and four Dissolve. So sweet. Um, land base, three Radiant Fountains, and 25 others. 28 <laughs> lands. Yeah, buddy. So many. So his sideboard is packing a Crux of Fate, two Thoughtseize, two Negate, another Ashiok, a Murderous Cut, a Perilous Vault, three Drown and Sorrow, and two Tassigers, the Golden Fang. And then two more Thoughtseize. I said four Thoughtseize. Oh, I think so, too. Oh, okay. Did I say two? I thought so. I can check in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> None of this ever happens. Angelo edits for four, and <laughs> it is done. <laughs> but he played against Pierre Salmon, who was on an Abzan aggro deck. Um, yes. This is probably more up Mike's alley, huh, Mike? Yeah, uh, I mean, these round is just so overplayed, but I mean, it is a very, very good deck. Reminds me a limited, little bit uh, about Innistrad, John, but nowhere near as fun. Okay. This is, uh, I think this list is really cool. It's, it's kind of interesting. It, it almost straddles the aggro versus mid-range border. Uh, he does only have one Heir of the Wilds, and he has three Coursers. So he also I mean, has three Anafenza. Those are three drops. Right, right. So, but I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of fifty fifty. It's not the list with that's going into one drops and has twelve two drops. It's you know it's the list that has three wingmate rocks also and yeah. like Soren. So it's it's kind of like a, a speedy 
mid-range, you know, or like not, not, I mean, it's definitely the aggro, but not quite as aggro as it could be. Okay, I suppose that's fair. Um, Anna Fenza, she put in some work this weekend because the one thing about her that C-Drino cannot do is that is avoid disdainful strokes. Yes. Yeah, it's very important, it turns out. Stable stroke is definitely a card. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually in the finals, it was weird. Like, they're playing against each other, and in game one, he goes, like, turn two, uh, fleece main lion, turn three, Anafenza, or turn one, thought sees, turn two, uh, kitty, turn three, Anafenza, and that was all he needed. Oh yeah, that's the game. And from the, game two and three, not so well for him, obviously. Um, Gertrudson just, I mean, it was just like, I'm going to play my second Ugin this game. And when everybody says play the second Ugin this game, and then still have backup for counters and removal, it's bad. You you just can't win. So meh. Um, Mike, got anything interesting to say? Uh, not really. I was just uh, I was hoping the aggro deck probably would have triumphed here, but uh, that deck was um seemed pretty solid. Uh, not too many changes from what I've seen in other tournaments. Uh, pretty much standard obs on aggro, but uh, on that I like it. Okay. <laughs> We're still so getting used cute. to Mike, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so from there, we had, uh, let's see, other lists in our top eight. Oh, how did the top eight break down again? Let's see. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica and Miram. Those are next. All right. <laughs> I'm so, going to look at Battlestar Galactica, if that's cool. Okay, that's fine with me. Um, so some sweet-ass green-red devotion. Bart. Crushing it, man. All the big stuff and two craters' claws. Only two storm breaths, though. Crater's Claw is really good when you're running four Nykthos. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all the X's, you know, Genesis Hydras. Just all the extras. Halucranos. Whisperwood Elemental. Whisperwood Elemental making a, uh, a showing in the deck. That's that's a new wrinkle. I think that guy is, like, super, super good. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, What's he, he does say all, right? Until end of turn, face up... Non-token creatures you control gain. Okay, so it's, so it's all the ones that aren't already manifested. That guy's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's absurdly good. But, you know, Mythic Rare, all that good old stuff. Um, so that was his list. Anything else really cool about talking about here? I don't One see One barrage of boulders in the sideboard. It's like tech against the opposing Hornet Queen packing green decks. Like, takes out all the tokens and makes them unblockable at the same time. It's actually really good against all the other... In the mirror match as well, because... The, the red-white decks. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant, the, the, the green packing Hornet Queen decks. Well, even without the Hornet Queens, I mean, just the, all these big creatures, once you say, okay... Every, you know, that falter effect that's attached to Barrage of Boulders is real. real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like that's, that's, that's pretty good tech, I suppose. So then we had some more, uh. Savage Punch. Savage Punch, I know. So Miram, he was on a more mid-ranged Abzan deck with, you know, the Tassigers and the, the Brimaws and Sylvan Carrioted. Like that's, that's the card that tells me it's, it's mid-range compared to aggro is Sylvan Carrioted. That and the main deck, Elspeth, kind of, you know, tips that way, too. But nothing outside of the ordinary there. Hello, Abzan. What was Martin Yuza running? I like Martin Yuza. That's a very good question. Martin was on Jeskai. Jeskai. <laughs> Red-white tokens with Mantis Rider, Treasure Cruise. <laughs> dig through time, you know. And, and dig through time. So, yeah, enough blue. Yeah, yeah. Outpost Siege in the main is pretty interesting. You know, once he, once uh, Soulfire Grandmaster, he has an Abzan advantage in the main, which I think is just super, super sweet tech. Yeah. I think. 
Wild Slash is just becoming par for the course in red decks these days. As it should be. Let's see, I'm saying Vanther, Wild Slash, Lightning Bolt, Stoke, Soulfire, Grandmaster, only one of. I really expected to see a lot more of him getting played. Well, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I guess he has just Seeker of the Way. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. Like, I, I find it odd that Seeker of the Way still sees, uh. I mean, Seeker is a much better brawler in the early game. You know, like, and if you're gonna draw two of something, you definitely wanna draw two Seekers before two Soulfire Grandmasters. I could see a 3-2 split, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. I like Soulfire Grandmaster. I think he's very good. Yeah, so do I. Like, I thought it was like an automatic replacement for Seeker just because, most of these decks are running 16 to 20 burn spells, you know? It's like, well, that's an automatic replacement. Nice and easy. Oh, well. Well, I will say that the, the Seeker is better in multiples than the Grandmaster is. You know, Grandmaster, like, you just kind of want to draw one and protect it at some point in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike, you can talk. Yeah. You are totally allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I didn't quite like about the Jeskai was... Four Stokes, but no Hordling Outburst. I mean, I know you have the Mantis Riders and the uh, Rabble Masters, but a lot of the time I just feel like you're maybe only convoking two for that, and depending on your mana available, uh, that sometimes actually does hurt. Yeah, I can see I that. I see a Hordling Outburst or two. If not Hordling Outburst, that Monastery... Uh... Monastery Swift Spear? I no, mean, ho- no, no, the other one that creates tokens. Oh, Monastery Mentor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hordling Outburst has definitely proven itself to be one of the more powerful effects in the format. I mean, the way I'm looking at this this list, the way it, it pans out, you know, with the three dragons, like four Manus Riders, four Rabble Masters, I mean, he's definitely has a, a mid-game capability, so as long as he can end of turn stoke for any amount and get untaps, I, I think it's good. I mean, Hoarding Outburst is a sweet card, but uh, I think it also opens you up to a lot of a lot of hate, for sure. That is true. Okay. This Outburst is Like for Jessica, the, like, the hate's already there, regardless of if you're on Outburst or Rabble Master and Seeker. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but like, you know, if you... I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Why I'm arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know why you're arguing with him. Why? Because you're stoned. <laughs> yeah, I am. What's that got to do with it? Well, it, it puts you in an argumentative mood. You oh, might no, not notice it's it. It's the drinking. It's the drinking is what it is. Oh, uh, it's all that malt liquor. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually drinking a uh, a chocolate raspberry stout by Dubois Brewery. I'm just gonna call it malt liquor because it's good for the joke. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Alexander Haybart, he showed up in the top eight with Sadisi Whip. There is... I like Sadisi. I think she's super sweet. Yeah, he's got a Torrent Elemental in his list. Uh, that's kind of new. I'm a fan of that. I like the spicy one of. Turns yeah. races in your favor, plus there's a second in the board, which... Really <laughs> one is one is always two because of the whip. I um, I played with Torrent Elemental in a, like a casual constructed deck and was really impressed by what he's able to do. You know, people down, you know, down talk the 3-5 body and the fact that he only taps when you're attacking, but like, this is a green deck, so anytime you can, and it's a Sadisi green deck, so anytime you open up a Sadisi attack, you're in really, really great shape. As you mentioned, it interacts really well with the whip. After you whip it back, it just comes back on its own. Uh I, I don't like the fact that it comes back into play tapped, but if it, you know, if it didn't do that, it would be just incredibly, incredibly sweet. As is now, it's it's a good one. I like it. You know, it, it, and it's it um it fits well in this deck as well. I, I hear you, um, and it, guys. I don't know about you, but if for some reason one of you are a fan of never playing cards on your opponent's turn, Marco Carvalho's list. 
does not play on the opponent's turn with four planeswalkers, 31 creatures, and an enchantment. He is rocking just the craziest mono-green Nikos <laughs> Devotion deck, where he's speeding out pins wow. early because all of the devotion. And just, I like this list. I want to go over it. It is, it is a little kid green uh, green deck. It is. It's a little kid green. So we have 17 fours, four wooded foothills, uh, three Nikthos, Shrine to Nix, two Nissa World Wakers, two Ugins. Because you have a million forests. <laughs> you do. Four Elvish Mystics. Four Sylvan Caryatid, four Voyaging Seder, Untapped Nikthos. I know. Four Corsair Crufix, four Pelucranos, three Genesis Hydra, four Whisperwood Elementals, an Arbor Colossus, three Hornet Queens, and one Frontier Siege. So you're, it, how many cards? Look, third, you, you have, the second you play a Whisperwood Elemental, worst case scenario, 50% chance that's a creature you're flipping over <laughs> with the manifests. You have you have twenty nine non creature spells, uh-huh. so you are fifty fifty two hit a creature, uh, and you're like Jesus fifty five of <laughs> of sixty to hit a to hit a land or creature. Right. There's <laughs> five cards. Yeah. yeah. No. Whisperwood Elemental does serious work in this deck, and he protects your whole horde as well. And like this deck, if anything, like it gives zero fucks about like Crux of Fate. It's like okay, Crux of Fate. I get my Whisperwood Elemental. I'll, you know, I, I'm down maybe two guys, and then I just flip over all my new permanents again, and away we go. Yeah, back at it. Um, sideboard, he's packing, you know, more just ignorant stuff. Two more Nisas because, you know, again, we're not playing. <laughs> we're not playing on their, on their turn. We're playing on ours. Three Hooded Hydras, an Ugin, two Hornets Nest, an Arbor Colossus. Oh, wait, four Nadia's Disciples. And then, you know, just so he can say, hey, you know, I do have some instants in here. I have two Back to Natures. Two Back to Natures. Two cards in the 75 that can, you know. I mean, we also have, like, Pelucranos and, uh, and Arbor Colossus triggers that can be on the opponent's turn, but. But. Back to Natures. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're not on the board, it, it, they're not tricks you don't see coming. Let's just put it that <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, if, if they're not a, uh, the, uh, Sage, if you want to stay on the creature plan and just, your turn's your turn, my turn is my turn plan. I'm a bit surprised oh, sure. to see them not as Reclamation Sage. I mean, I do like Back to Nature saying Tranquility. Like, Destroy All Enchantments is really powerful. It's really good against the DC Whip um, with all the yeah. enchantments that that deck runs. It's just like, you know, destroy all your Doomweight Giants, your your fucking Whips and everything else, your Eidolons. I mean, yeah, it's really It's also good pretty good against the blue-white deck. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. But yeah. once they get those plus ones, once they get all those plus ones, they get all those plus ones. I mean, it's still an issue to deal with them. Of course, yeah, he has I mean, big I think, critters. I think, yeah, yeah, right. I think like the, the Carvalho's deck really cares about Aquas form a lot, and not having Aquas form on the board is pretty good. Right, so. right. I actually could see Reclamation Sage be better against that deck specifically. Sure. But back to nature does catch another deck, so why not you know run those instead? Um, so yeah, that's that, that's just a fun deck. It is very fun. I'm so glad he top eight it with that. So am I. I want to see it pop up a lot because it's just a fun deck. Is that the entire top eight? I think it is. Uh, we had uh, Marcos Antonio Cordero Valle with uh, blue white heroic. Yeah, he has uh, two Laguna Band Trailblazers in his main because he really wants one drops. Yeah, those used to be in the sideboard. 
usually, so, okay. Just needed to speed it up a little bit. I suppose. I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple lists, like, with uh, Laguna Bands in the main, so. Aside from that, it's the same deck we're always It's seeing. a blue-white heroic deck. Mm-hmm. Nice to see no Valorous stance in here, though. Yeah, I would think that this deck really, really wants copies of that. He doesn't even have it in the sideboard, either. No. Um, Great at removing coursers and any other way... Yeah, like, it, I mean, it, it, this deck also cares about the alternate uh, mode on it, you know, being able to save your guy. Uh-huh, an extra Johnny's Presence or a Feed of Resistance, basically. Yeah, for sure. Dragon Tactics is cute, but I think I'd just rather have that as... As an Valor Stance. Stance. Yeah, and I could even see cutting an additional Ordeal of Helioid to uh, get the Valor Stance going. But, you know, Life Gain's good, but uh, I mean, Valor Stance is very sweet. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta give him credit for the 16 creatures. Yeah, you just you just need creatures. Because I've played against this deck and just beaten it because it's like an auto loss to Mardu if they just hit three of their uh, <laughs> crackling doom. Crackling doom. It's just, yeah. oh, oh, damn it, I can't win. You know? Well, a lot of decks say that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this deck is like this really, deck really. They only that. had like twelve creatures at one time, and it's like ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just definitely need creatures. Yeah, you know, he's the seeker of the way as well. Yeah. It's like just fine to put heroic triggers on. Right. So, anything about standard that we need to continue going on talking about? Hmm. Going once. Um. Hmm. I would say maybe uh, they posted the top five cards for the GP. Oh. It was surprising to see that four of the five were uh, actually all Fate Reforged, with Steedrano being the only Konzatar Kier card that made a huge impact. Um. Well, the thing is, the top five cards does not necessarily mean the best five True. cards. And they were they were the ones that like made the most uh, commotion no. about the tournament. No, like, it's not the... even that usually. It's <laughs> you got to remember that these top five cards are being picked by a company that has a. Interest in selling cards. Vested product. interest in selling <laughs> cards. That is true. So, but what they are is, uh, Siege Ryman, Rhino, Ryman, yeah. Siege Ryman. Siege Ryman. Yeah. Mm. Um, Shaman of the Great Hunt. Where, where was the Shaman of the Great Hunt? I didn't even see him in the top Nowhere eight. Nowhere in the top eight. <laughs> there were a lot of red whites, like in the top 24, but. Okay. I mean, I think the red white deck is, is something to really consider. Yeah, I like the shaman. I mean, he's cool. Fortune pace. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, let's see, Crux of Fate, because it's Crux of Fate. Oh, and Crux of Fate is real. Because, Ugin, yeah, that makes sense. That, that one makes sense, because if you play an Ugin, that's usually the game. If you play a second Ugin, it is, in fact, the game. It is definitely the game. <laughs> I'm super pumped to see Blue Black be the deck that took it all down. I thought that in the previous standard season, you know, like post, post, you know, Fate Reforged, yeah. or pre-Fate Reforged, that Blue, Blue Black was just, you know, just a sweeper away, and now they just give them the sweeper, give us the sweeper, and it is absolutely fits the bill. Can answer everything, has all the right cards, can only get better from here. You know, his list has four ofs in a lot of places that I could, you know, question. Like, don't get me wrong, Disdainful Stroke is a sweet, sweet card, but I would love to have three of that and a spicy one of instead. So the the list can only get better. Also be a dissipate for like right. the whip decks. Exactly. You know, just just all the refinement and tuning is is one of the more important things about blue black control. It's a really fun archetype to work with. Yeah, and every week it changes. That's one of the funner right. things about it. It's like, you know, the metagame shifts just a little bit and your numbers all change. But I know you love the three uh, Jace's Ingenuities. I do, man. Just something that says draw three is serious. I mean, it's a real card. Well, we got some news to go over, and we'll be back in a moment to go over that. So we'll talk to you in, I don't know, 30 seconds? Yeah, 30 seconds. Okay. 
Hello everyone. Are you tired of shopping at the same big retailers for your singles? You know, they're just overcharging you and the money's not really going to anything good. Well, look, I got the alternative for you. And quite frankly, this is the next big, just a little bit down the road. You're getting in on the bottom floor. This is where you want to be. So if you need sealed product, you need singles, you need anything magic related, whether it be sleeves or anything else, you can get a hold of Titan Game Shop at titangameshop.com. That's T-A-I-T-A-N. Very important there. These people will be able to take care of anything you need as far as your magic needs go. And do you like playing in tournaments? Well, hell, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, we're talking IQs. We're talking PPTQs. We're talking just everything big you can think of. Plus, they still have this stuff, like multiple pre-releases, Friday Night Magic, and everything else. And you can find them right there in Hobo if you're from Pittsburgh area. Check them out. Shoot them an email. They'll send you, you know, buy lists and what have you. And you can shoot that email at titancards at gmail.com. Good people, good sponsors. Check them out. And we're back. So, guys, like, every, I don't know, what is it, August or some shit like that, they give us a From the Vault. I'm like, last year sucked, because there was no damnation. Oh, <laughs> the disappointment. I mean, like, you can actually buy those things that, like, LGS is still for retail, and I can't remember ever being able to buy a From the Vault at retail. So yeah, crazy. I can't believe they didn't give us damnation. Yeah, if they would have just put like, damnation in there. Up. I mean, maybe they knew, I don't know. I mean, they made, they made crux of fate, so. They have a plan for it in standard again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm thinking Modern Masters 2, damnation should That is also a possibility. Cause it's kinda needed there. But anyway, we have a From the Vault that has been announced. It is Angels, because... <laughs> That's about how I feel about it, realistically. <laughs> I just, I, I've sat down and I've thought, you know, tried to figure out what angels am I going to put in there? Because you got to put one in from every color, right? Right. I guarantee you Sarah Angel is in it. Okay. Yeah, so it's probably the most iconic. I'm thinking Iona? Yeah, probably that's right. But, like, man, how heavily white is this fucking that's the box, man? It's such bullshit. Like, there's no there, there's no mono green angel. There's no mono black angel. Or actually, there's desolation angel. So they could put that in. They should definitely put desolation angel in. That would be amazing. Yeah, probably desolation angel. I'm figuring like, Sigarda host of herons just so I mean, they can touch lightning angel probably is going to be in there so they touch so they touch red. Either that or they might give the the one in the Sigarda cycle, but that would be kind of weird. Yeah, but, I mean, they have to fetch green. Uh, so then they'll probably have something goofy off the wall. Um, I know we, I talked about this I, last night with some guys, like Entreat the Angels. I think Entreat the Angels is probably fair, um, or like even uh, Decree of Justice, which also makes angel tokens. I, I think Iridescent Angel could be a, a strong runner in this as well. Okay. 4-4 you know, four, four protection from all colors. That's something that feels like it could go in one of these boxes. Uh, so... Just to name a couple bad angels, you guys, real quickly, tell me yes or no. Um, Raya Dawnbringer. Sweet card. In or out? No. Okay. Maybe. Probably not. They've done a lot of Rayas. I just I can't see them doing another one. Um, Iona? Well, there's definitely going to be the Red Acroma because they need a Red Angel. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, think, I think Iona's in. Yeah, I think Iota's in. I think Redacroba's in. White Acroba. No, not if Redacroba's in. No. No, okay. Um, they like to throw land into these things. So, anybody got an idea what that could be? Walt of the Archangel? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's good. Um, yeah, that's possible. Angel's Feather. Oh, God, I hope not. 
<laughs> Platinum Angel. One time. Platinum Angel's probably fair. That's a good one. Probably in. We need an artifact, right? Oh. Yeah. There was man, it's just so heavily white though. It is. That's the that's my issue with it. Like I know last night I joked on Twitter and on Monday Night Magic that there should be a From the Vault Goif, and then Clues was nice enough to point out that there's currently only eight Goifs out there. So they need to hurry up and make seven Goifs. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, oh, Lugors. Yeah. 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 Goifs in general, not necessarily Karma Goif, just Goifs. Yeah, well, their, their creature type is Lugors. Yeah. Lugors, yeah. Uh, there's Magnivore, there's, uh, so many of them. Terravore, yeah. Detravore, there's, there's Lurgors, yeah, right, Lurgorf. the original guy. Who's not bad. He All was creatures in Graveyard, four, yeah. four, I mean, could you imagine him? Lurgorf, did you say him? Who? Mortivore. Mortivore, the, yeah. The black one. Right. Um, yeah, there's the future site one, which was that? I think that was Mortivore. No, no, no. Mortivore was part of the, uh, on, no, it was not Onslaught, but, uh, Odyssey. He was from that one. The Odyssey 5. The blue one got shot. Cognivore? Is he? I'm pretty sure he's a Lugorf. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that guy was sweet. That's the uh, blue one, right? Yeah, the instance. Yeah, he kind of got shafted, though, with such a high casting boss. Oath. <laughs> after they after they rotated extended so that um, Gaia's blessing was no longer in the format and you yeah. couldn't cycle your graveyard infinitely, they just put cognivores in their deck and swung for thirty. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Oath. Oh yeah, that's right. Spells were good back then. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> right. yeah. Who needs to pay eight mana for a creature? Two. Done. <laughs> uh, and people who were cheating stuff out with polymorph thought they was clever. <laughs> so, hit or miss on Vault of the Archangels, guys. Oh, I'm gonna call it a miss. I'm a, it's a total miss, dude. Who the, who the fuck is the fuck about angels? Like, unless you're, unless you got a sweetie who's a, you know, cute girl who loves angels, what are you gonna do with this? Mike? I think it's a miss. I mean, EDH players will love it, but that'll be like the first week, and then after that, it's just going to be just like that. I feel like that's highly stereotypical of EDH players, as if all EDH players love angels. Well, the reason why I want to say EDH is because, like, if you're looking at modern... How many not angels? playable modern cards, no way. Maybe, maybe Sarah's so. Avenger, the two-mana one, but that's yeah. not really modern playable. Iona. Iona, Sigarda, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Linvala, maybe? I mean, Avacyn's definitely in it. She needs a reprint, but... I don't know. I think they just make all the nine-mana angel cards, and then it's just mono-white. And just garbage. <laughs> Congregate. Angel's Feather, done. Yeah, what was the... Uh, oh, Christ, I forget the set. I want to say shards. There was a two-mana enchantment that you put... Anytime you cast a spell, you put a thing on it, and you could remove four said things... And you get a four four angel. Luminarch Ascension. First ascension? Yeah, yeah. You don't actually remove it. You don't remove the turn. Yeah, yeah. It's if if two consecutive turns happen or not consecutive, but two turns happen where you don't take damage on your opponent's turn. Yeah. Just make angels for two forever. That's a possibility. That's right. I used to play with that card, but you know, yeah, I, I used I hated to get beat up by that card. Oh, I hated that format, so like I didn't play a lot of it. Yeah, I played sanity grinding. Fucking Jun. <laughs> so Something a little bit cooler, at least in my eyes, and I've already seen these things on shelves, even though they don't come out till Friday, because Walmart's bad, um, is Elspeth versus Kiora. That's sweet. This thing is awesome. Yes. Uh, just to quickly go over some of the new arts that we have. We have a new art for Acacian Javanaliers, which I actually I actually like, and I like the card. That guy's ripped. Yeah. We have Accumulated Knowledge. Uh Wow, that card is so fun. Yes, yes it is. We have a new Temple of the False Gods with Kiora coming out of the water. 
I, I really word. like the uh, the flavor text on it also. Yes, when gods become apathetic, the people will worship anyone who answers their pleas. Sweet. Big screen TV. Yeah. So we have Decree of Justice. Also very pretty. Very pretty. Uh, we have the probably the big pretty one is Mother of Runes. I don't think it's as good as the original. You know, I'm not the biggest Therese Nielsen fanboy, and I've said I like, that before on here. I like Therese Nielsen. I do. I'm just, the art is just meh to me. But it's everyone's very, like, it's, it's so gorgeous. It's very stylized. It, you know, it looks like it's a mosaic or, or it looks like it's from a different period. And, and I think it's cool, but like, I don't think that lady is Mother of Runes. Neither I'm do sorry. I. I want an older woman. You know, like, sure, she could be a mom. That's sweet. But like, she, you need to see her, her young child if she's that cute. And like, I, you know, I don't know. She's just a, it's just an orb of glowing white light. I mean, it's a cool card, don't get me wrong, but, like, Old Lady Mom of Runes is so much cooler than Hot Mom. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's still, I mean, that's a good, easy way to pick up uh, Mother of Runes. The, the Temple have. of the False God, though, that card is uh, a really great EDH card, and this is a really pretty version of it. Yeah, also, it like, I just think that this is set up to be a pretty fun uh, dual deck. You know, Kiora versus Elspeth, you know, right. pretty, pretty straight-up green-blue versus white, pretty fair fight. Yeah, but real quick, our last uh, alternate art is the Alex Bertoncini special. Oh, the fucking Explore. This thing is gorgeous. This is really good looking. Like, I like the Explorer on this. Just just water cascading down off of this like huge plateaued island and uh, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. It's kind of like bending as well, so it kind of has like the globe effect in there. I, I enjoy it. I, I think this is really well done. Um, realistically, I do think this is going to play out well, but recently they've all played out well. Um, yeah, I think dual decks are a really good thing for people who want to just play Magic. You know, like, you can really refine a lot of your skills playing decks like these against each other and trying to get marginal advantages and what's a pre-constructed decks. Yeah, and you know what? The biggest thing I... I attribute to these decks because, like you said, they're great for the casual. But at the same time, they are the best way Wizards has found to bring the price down on any given card. Like Elspeth Sun's Champions in here. Those things are in the tank, I guarantee. They're just, it's gonna happen, you know? Like, yeah. it, it, and they're, it makes Wow, sense. there's all the Gus Cloak cards in the Elspeth deck. That's I know. so sweet. So the green blue deck's like, I want to block, and then the white deck's like, well, eh, I don't like being blocked. Right. <laughs> but then the blue deck's like, I'm gonna play these huge things that right. just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, no, this seems like it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, I'll pick them up, um, if for anything, just so I can get my Kiyoras and my Elspeth and my Mother Roots. Right. I don't have any of those cards. Right. Right. And it's a good way to collect some of the older cards that you was unable to attain because you didn't play back then or reasons or whatever, you know, because you sold them. Yeah, that happens. Serious soldier theme. Yeah. Everything yeah. makes sense. Um, do we need to go over this deck list or? I mean, need is overrated. Need is a strong word. <laughs> right. Do we need to? Probably not. Do we want to? Sure. Okay. You said it, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I am really impressed by this mono-white soldier-themed Elspeth deck. It is the following. One, Elspeth Sun's champion. And uh, we got one Decree of Justice, two Sunlance, 
24 creatures are two Akkadian Javelineers, one Mom, one Guscloak Savior, uh, one Guscloak Sentinel, one Guscloak Skirmisher, two Guscloak Harrier. So the Guscloaks are really sweet. They have the ability, if they're blocked, you can just get them out of combat and untap them, which is just awesome. Two Veteran Swordsmiths, two Veteran Armorsmith, because all your guys are soldiers, one Captain of the Watch, one Loxodon Partisan, one Noble Templar, one Banisher Priest, one Court Street Denizen, one Standing Troops, one Precinct Captain, one Core Skyfisher, one Gem Palm Avenger, notice, soldier theme, two Kinsbale Skirmishers. We have one Soul Parry, one Dauntless Onslaught, one Mortal's Ardor, one Celestial Flare, one Mighty Leap, and two Raise the Alarm as our instance. Seven, 24 lands, two of them are secluded steps, the rest be planes. We have a Dictate of Helioid as well. Yeah, to round out your rares. Here's yeah. a Dictate. I mean, the Dictate's sweet. Like, Flash, you know, Overrun is good in fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this uh, This is like a... I'm not a... Dude, I'm not a mono-white fan at all, but, like, this is a cohesive, strategy, you know, like, streamlined, linear deck that you want to just play guys that make each other better, which is a very white thing, and then hit them with Elspeth or, you know, Dictate. Yeah, I just want to scavenge these things. I just want to rip them apart and take out specific cards. Yeah, that's cool. Mike, you want to go over Kiora's deck real quick? Hey, uh, obviously you got one Kiora, the Crashing Wave. You don't got that. <laughs> got 20 creatures. Uh, you got Inkwell Leviathan, Simple Sky Swallower, Search of the Fleets. One Sealock Monster, one Kiora's Follower, one Nessian Asp, two Grazing Gladeheart, two uh, Surakar Banisher, two Lore Scale Coatl, cool. one Nimbus Swimmer, two Coiling Oracle, two Manamore, one Omen Speaker, two Netcaster Spiders. Tempo. Yeah. First Reach. Two Explorers, two Time to Feed, an Explosive Vegetation, one Urban Evolution, and one Whelming Wave. Great way to combat that aggro. Except for Krakens, Leviathan, Octopuses, and Serpents? Are you serious? Uh-huh. That card is sweet. <laughs> yeah, in this deck. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, torn and a little heartbroken that Man of War didn't get a new, uh, art. Just saying. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay, so what instance are we packing there, Mike? Oh, they did give us four AKs! Yes! <laughs> As Will kind of spoiled there, before yes! you made a knowledge. I mean, if you're going to put it in the fucking deck, give us all four. Yes! <laughs> one Plasm Capture. Oh, I want to buy this. One now. Peel from Reality and one Aetherize. Lands, we have a Temple of the False God, two Evolving Wilds, 11 Forests, and 11 Islands. That was really good. Yeah. They could have put a better fetch in there besides Evolving Wilds. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, they could have just put, like, nine, uh, what's the call? Tarmogoyfs in there. Yeah, nine Tarmogoyfs as your, as your fetch lands. That'll bring That's the price down. Tarmogoyf. That'll bring the price down. Oh. I mean, they're 200 bucks right now. You realize that? Yes, I do. I mean, why not Terramorphic Expanse over Evolving Wilds? There is no reason. No, I don't have... Well, I mean, I guess, I don't know, Kiora, you know, she's got a lot of monsters in her deck. The Evolving Wilds is a little bit more flavorful. I suppose. Vorthos. I suppose. It, it is clearly, this would be the way to break down the price on Tarmogoyf. Put it, put it in dual decks. It's never in a dual deck, dear lord. Yeah, but they're sold at Walmart, so it's not like the LGSs could hike the price up on them, you know, because it'd just be like, I'm going to Walmart. I'm going to spend 20 bucks. finding one. I think, I, I think they would go off the shelves very quickly, but at the same time, I also think Walmart would just continually buy. Continue to buy more. They're <laughs> like, what? We're making money? And Wizards is like, what? We're making money? And Star City's like, what? We're losing oh. money? <laughs> <laughs> so, a few years back, I'm sitting there and I'm just ready to go to my huge, huge regional 
pre-release. I sit down at my pre-release after getting Angel, there. Yes. I don't mean to interrupt you, but did we talk about the board game? Do we want to do that? Oh yeah, it was a board game. God damn it, I skipped that completely. You did. I figured you were just gonna do it in a different order. Okay. Um, moment of silence, so I can edit that part out. Sorry, man. No, that's cool. That was my mistake. I just skipped it. I'm a loser, I guess. I'm on the balls. All right, and one last thing we need to go over as far as the news goes is uh, Game of Thrones Season 4. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's an ad that popped up over what we're just going to talk about. <laughs> Pop-up ads. <laughs> Pow. Free advertising. <laughs> it's not that. It's Magic the Gathering board game. The title. Arena of the Planeswalkers. A tactical board game for two to five. And this is going to come out uh, late in the year. Um, I believe I saw somewhere August. Yeah, I heard August, I thought. Yeah, so here's the deal. I'm going to say the same thing I said a long time ago. will probably be cool and worth playing. However, if you play D&D, you must buy this for the five figures. The figures are amazingly ornate. For $30, you're getting what would be a hand-painted figure, and you're getting five of them. Right. They're very pretty, and like, $30 is a good price for a board game. Yeah, I mean, you get a Gideon. That was the unknown one from before, but mm-hmm. we pretty much, I think we guessed that. Um, but yeah. you get a Gideon, a Jace, a Liliana, a Chandra, and a Nessa. Just little miniature figures, you know, like. Yeah, and they all have some kind of like transparent plastic part to show their massive power, and they have, you know, the Gideon that we're showing the close-up on has like eight colors of paint on them, so you know, it's just really well-done stuff. Right. And, and the game the game is probably going to be playable as well. Yeah, it says two to five flyers uh, is going to be what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it will be widely available in August for around 30 bucks, as well said. Um, you get four plastic terrain pieces, six modular board pieces, three plastic grip glyphs, Two temple runes, five painted planeswalker minifigures that we've already pimped, uh, 30 squad minifigures. Which is sweet. So, like, by buying this, you just get NPCs for your D&D game. You know, uh, tw- a 21-sided die, or a 20-sided die. A 21-sided die? Yeah, one 20-sided die. <laughs> Eight combat dice. 30 they don't damage. have sides. They have uh, combat. Yeah. Uh, 30 damage counters, 60 spell cards, so cards are going to be a part of the game. And uh, ten squad stat cards and five planeswalker cards. I hope those are actual planeswalker cards that you can like use. They're probably not. Probably what they are are the five planeswalker figurines have their associated planeswalker card that tells you what they do. And then the ten squad stat cards are the ten different kinds of bad guys. Yeah, but that would be. I've seen. Yeah, like Will said, the Planeswalker cards are just going to be, like, the information about the piece that you're using. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering how they're going to do it, though. It seems cool. Like, the modular board means that there's going to be a lot of variance and replayability. Mm -hmm. Probably some uh, down-the-line expansions expansions that they can put out real easily, right? And, like, I love board games, too. You know, like, yeah, you can absolutely jam out your EDH with all your friends every Wednesday night or whatever you do it. Like, hey, man, you know, in between games, after you get knocked out, just play some Arena of the Planeswalkers. Right. And you know what? The one thing about Arena is we know that it's not going it's it's 30 bucks and mm-hmm. we can go back to Kmart and get another one if we spill large copious amounts of alcohol on it <laughs> and and with your cards it's not as easy <laughs> or cheap as a bad replace. day that's why you double sleeve yeah you, you can uh, but you know hey once you start getting you hit that certain level of drunk when you're sitting around with your buddies it is better to break out a board game you know that yourself will angelo i um do not imbibe alcohol what? Yeah, no, I, uh. What about I, the malt liquor you're drinking? <laughs> um, 
I am a robot, and I need uh, nutritious alcohol to fuel my power circus. Okay, I understand. That means nothing because of Bender. (laughs) Bender is my role model. Okay. So, years back, I'm sitting there with a couple of my buddies, and we're all loading up in the car, and we head to Pittsburgh for, you know, downtown for a regional pre-release. This is something that's now gone. Um, back in the day when we did pre-releases, it was kind of like a mini GP or a PTQ. Then, as we're sitting down, we're getting informed that, hey, Wizards made a mistake, and there's this card that you're just not allowed to play if you open it. It's called Skull Clamp, and at that moment, I knew uncommon. we have entered the age of Affinity. So, Will, back in the day, Affinity. This was just pure havoc in Magic. Yeah, to, to, to just tease a little bit, right? Affinity was first printed in Mirrodin and wasn't super, super overpowering or successful. It was mainly on blue flying cards, and you know, Broodstar was the big dude. But Frogmite um, was good in draft. Frogmite and and Arcbound or uh, and and Enforcer. Mirren's Forcer yeah. be, were the the real standouts of the first set. With a shout out to Somber Hoverguard as well, who is a fine man as well. But the idea of having Affinity, this keyword mechanic, making your artifact Artifacts cheaper, or making your guys, who half of them are artifacts, cheaper for the number of artifacts you have in play, and the synergy with your artifact lands. But then Darksteel was released several months later in February, and the world ended. <laughs> the magic world, as we know it, dead, gone, bye. Uh, you thought you was on a good deck, and then Affinity was formed. And the main card that pushed it over the edge was a card called Ravager and Cranial Plating. I found Ravager. <laughs> and Cranial Plating. Let's not cranial Plating is insane. <laughs> so Modular was the, the theme from Darksteel, and it allowed you to transfer plus one, plus one counters from a dying artifact creature to another target artifact creature. Uh, and the big daddy of them all was Arcbound Ravager, this two-mana sacrifice outlet. Oh, so when every single permanent in play that you control is either an artifact or a disciple of the vault, you know that you can end the game very quickly. And because of the mana base of these decks, they were able to play all five colors if they wanted to, having access to all of the most powerful cards available in the set. The artifactness meant that you had no choice but to play the most efficient deck in standard. It totally warped the format to the point where they became, I mean, it was polarized. They were polarized. There were affinity and anti-affinity strategies in the format. Right. Uh, oxidize, uncommon, became a $5 card, and yeah. oxidize is one green destroy target artifact. It's, it's actually, it makes it so it can't be regenerated also, so they can't weld into it. Okay. So yeah, it did do that. Um, yeah. So th- that's how bad it warped it. And wizards tried to fix this. They did. They banned Disciple of the Vault. Because, you know, you don't need to draw well, moves. They, so what they, yeah, they banned Disciple of the Vault. They banned Skull Clamp because... That bans, Skull Clamp got banned first. Yes. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, it did get to, to go an entire year with the basic intact, package intact, with the Disciple and the Artifact Lands, etc. It wasn't until the uh, exiting of... Uh, onslaught block, which brought into play Kamigawa block, which was very much powered down from Mirrodin, which is bad because of what a mistake Mirrodin constructed became. So the wizards have no choice but to ban literally the entire deck. <laughs> eight, eight cards. So the original banning was Skull Clamp, and then the, the artifact lands, the five of those, Ravager, Disciple of the Vault, 
Yeah, and when people yeah. say, look, you know, I've lived through mistakes in magic before. I lived through Jace. I lived through – no, no, no. You don't understand. No period in magic history has more cards been banned in standard <laughs> than this era of magic. Yeah, it's uh, it's right up there with the Urza's uh, block, and and I mean it's it's just terrible. So I did a little bit of research this week, and uh, in the essentially the year of affinity legality for Ravager affinity between March of 2004 and March of 2005, uh, 38.7 total percent of total top eights of the eight Grand Prix, Pro Tour, Kobe, and Worlds uh, were Ravager affinity decks. This includes standard and block play because it wasn't just standard back then. Um, there was a Pro Tour uh, for uh, mirrored and block constructed. Of that Pro Tour, 45.8% of the field showed up with Ravager Affinity. So, that is half. So half of the field had a legit shot at winning. Yeah, right, basically. <laughs> um, just, it, just to show you how polarizing this is on the format, the second most played deck with almost 20%, 18.3% of the field was a red-green quote-unquote anti-affinity deck, which had access to oxidize and shatter effects, detonates, um, echoing ruin out of the sideboard to two-for-one stone rain your guys' lands, and still only had about a 50-50 chance against affinity. Um, Affinity didn't actually win the Pro Tour. Um, there was a very good mono red deck that took it down and had multiple copies in the top eight, but uh, when almost half the field is showing up with one deck, this is a very different kind of magic than what we are experiencing now, and just goes to show you know how much advancement Wizards' development has made in the last decade. And it really does push how healthy Standard is right now compared to times past. Because I know people say, oh, yeah, you know, after two months, Standard gets stale and boring. Look, there's 12 decks you can play right now. Shut up. (laughs) Back then, there was two. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, like, you really had to think deep and wide to get around Affinity at that point in time. I, I, as a a, player, was not ever able to afford the pieces for the Affinity deck and was never able to win much Magic at that point in time. I played, I was part of the 45.8%. Yeah. so you played mirrors. I played mirrors literally. I would go to, you know, a large tournament. We'll say five, six rounds, you know, because there wasn't as many GPs and stuff back then. A large tournament was, you know, you'd show up at a shop and there would be a hundred and some people. Yeah. Um, you know, a PTQ, something like that. And I would sit there and I would play six to seven rounds of mirrors. And I knew that sitting down that I was going to deal with this and it was hell. I hated it. Um, yeah, it's not even like there was format breaking tech either in the mirror. It was it was very similar to John Mirrors, you know, where draw dependent was uh the name of the game. Winning the dice roll a lot of times depended on it was really the determining factor of who won. Like you'd roll the dice and go, Fuck, I lost. Yeah. <laughs> You're going first, right? Okay, yeah, I lost. <laughs> I can't win. If he just has a decent draw, I cannot win. And that's legitimately a lot of games did come down to I won the dice roll. Our hands were very similar, but I got to go first. Yeah, I mean, tempo's huge. Like, it's basically threats and ways to refill your hand. There's nothing else in the deck. It's all DPS. (laughs) (laughs) And then... You know, so like, there's some nuance. There's like the disciple of all, of the vault, active player, non non active player shenanigans, and making sure you sacrifice all your guys on their turn so you get to kill them first. But um, you know, aside from that, like, you just play your dudes and smash their face in, and sometimes you just sacrifice everything to the ravager and put it all on the ornithopter. Yep, that happens to be equipped with a cranial plating as well. <laughs> you know, you don't sacrifice the cranial plate. No, you leave that on there. Yeah, it's worth more than one. <laughs> 
So. Or sacrificing your Ravager. It's just so much crap. I mean, oh, I'm going to sacrifice my own Ravager. What? Yeah, trust yeah. me. Well, you know, you just get to move it around. And I mean, like, the deck was oppressive. Truly and completely a monster, a boogeyman. It, it was, I mean, it drove a lot of people out of the game. It did. Like, Yeah. And the follow-up did not help. Uh, Kamigawa was bad. Yeah, Kamigawa was actively not a powerful set and was actively not liked by a lot of players as well. So, um, yeah. I know Kamigawa chased me away from Magic for a while. Um, that was, I also left at that time. Because it didn't give me answers to this deck that I'd been playing forever and I really wanted something different. Yeah. Until the third set when Kotaki's Wars Wage came out. Well, I mean, at that point in time, though, it was all the, yeah, the, the Ravager stuff had already been banned. Now, like, it was interesting because of the way the, there was a much smaller number of, uh, of magic tournaments at that point in time, uh, that were, you know, put on by Wizards. There was no Star City Games open. So all of the high tier tournaments for early Kamigawa block, were limited for basically the first four months. So there, from the release of Kamigawa, uh, there weren't actually any high-level standard tournaments that Affinity was able to play in just to, to you know, keep the numbers down on how oppressive it really would have been. And you know, by the time the new standard season rolled around, they realized, based on Friday Night Magic numbers, that they just absolutely had to ban all of the stuff. You know, essentially Friday Night Magic, some other stuff as well. But Yeah, and that really created a horrid era of magic post affinity bannings because until Ravnica came out, it was bad. It was Jitte decks. It was mm-hmm. lots of on Warhammer decks. It was it, that's what replaced decks with no creatures and Jitte's because Jitte's the best way to blow up Jitte. Yep. And that is what replaced Affinity and it was a legitimately a Dark even age. worse period than Affinity itself. I mean like at least you knew you was playing with power when you was playing with Affinity, but when those things were gone it was just like I'm just playing with bad cards in a Jitte. And you knew that. Like, this is the only good card in my deck, JK. Everything else is garbage. Well, that's probably another story. It is, but, you, you know, to end it. It's, you know, we had to cap it. Do you want to run down a quick a quick sample list from uh, one of our top eights? Um, I'm sure I could pull one up at some point. Let's see here. We have Worlds. Uh, our Worlds archive here. Come on, load, load, load. Ooh, Giger Patrick Meritich. <laughs> uh, not on. He's not on Affinity though. So Eugene Harvey is on the classic Affinity deck, and what his deck was was four Blink Moth Nexus, a Glimmer Void, three Great Furnace, four Seed of the Synod, four Tree of Tails, and four Vault of Whispers. If you're counting, that's twenty potential artifacts so far. Nineteen potential yes. artifacts so far. Yes, we have nineteen artifacts there. Um, Blink Moth Nexus is not one until you activate it. But the other, the Great Furnace, the Seed of the Sign, or the Tree of Tales, the Vault, those are all artifacts. They come in as artifacts. Okay, so our creature package is we have four, four Arcbound Ravager. We have four Arcbound Worker. We have three Atogs, because when you're playing with a bunch of artifacts, <laughs> feed the Atog. Yeah, he's not quite a Ravager, but he is better at all-in, actually. Right. Uh, we have four Disciple of the Vault. Oh, my God. What, Angelo, what does Disciple of the Vault do? Okay, so whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play, you may have target opponent that lose one life. So your sacrifice effects. So I have seven different creatures in my deck that allow me to sacrifice all my artifacts. Yes. And I get to stack Disciple of the Vault triggers, and I can have four of this card in my deck, potentially draining you for four life every time I sacrifice something. Yeah, you could basically, on turn five, sacrifice all of your lands and win the game. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. So we have four Frog Might. Um, this was This is your earliest play. 
typically. Yeah, basically, turn turn two, turn, you know. Yeah, turn two. I mean, the worker was your typical turn one, but realistically, Frog Might was your earliest play in most games. You had Mirror Enforcer. Um, this is. It's a a 4-4 guy that costs you between like zero and three mana. (laughs) Two. (laughs) It says seven. Ignore that. It's two. Ignore that. He's a two, yeah, he's a 4-4 on turn three for two mana. Yeah, it's just, that's, that's just how that plays out. Uh, Mirror Retriever. We have two of those. Because That's just some cutesy. You'll see a lot of other cards in that list. I like Somber Hover Guard, the 3-2 Flyer who's blue. Yeah, I, I ran the Retriever myself just because, you know, when something did get blown up and you needed to get it back. Dude, you get it. It's, it's Ravager's 5 and 6. <laughs> it is. You have four Aether Vial because free things. Holy shit. Aether Vial and it's an artifact too when you just want to eat it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh wait, uh, we have an Aether Vial and an Affinity deck that's already making everything cheaper. Yeah. And you notice that like a lot of the cards in the deck cost one or two. Yeah. Uh, we have four Chromatic Sphere, three Cranial Plating, and I've brought up Cranial Plating a lot, so I should explain. Uh, Equip Creature gets plus one, plus O oh for each artifact you control. How much does this wonderful thing cost? Cost two colorless to put in play, one to equip. However, What the fuck? <laughs> however, there was this neat little uh, thing attached to it where for two black, you could move the cranial plating at instant speed. Yeah, this was a cycle of equipment, actually. Um, there was a, a green one, a red one, a white one, etc. All of the other ones were terrible, and then black got cranial plating. Yeah. Uh, this list noticeably did not have the ornithopters in it because cranial plating ornithopter kind of goes together. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah, this is the Atog list. It's more all in on the Disciple of the Baltric. Right. If the Atogs aren't in there, we have ornithopters, basically. And then, as if things are bad enough, we have four thought casts to bring the list together. It's yes. Five mana sorcery that draws you two cards that really... What are you talking about? It's a one mana sorcery. That one mana sorcery. Dude, like, man, Treasure Cruise ain't got a whole lot of thought casts. No, no, it was, I, I would say that it was a lot easier to get Thoughtcast to cost one than it is to get Treasure Cruise to cost one. And it was stand, I mean, it was block. God damn. Yep. Oof. You'd play that turn one, seat of the side on it, and you'd be looking at your Thoughtcast going, yep, yeah. turn three, tops. So, like, this deck, insanely powerful, format polarizing, everyone played it or had main deck Tal Jalad Justice <laughs> to fucking to defend against Right, them. and your typical sideboard for this deck was one more Glimmer Void, yes, a land, because you didn't need that many answers, uh, a Morok Rigger, uh, and that's whenever an artifact is put into the graveyard from play, you may put a 1-1 counter on the Rigger. Yeah. An extra retriever for oxidize. That was standard. It's for the mirror match. Yeah. That was just standard. Four oxidized every deck. Uh, two terror. Terror's really sweet. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, you didn't run a lot of them because really it didn't kill enough. No, I mean, there's, like, it, it didn't get artifacts. It didn't get artifacts, it didn't hit the Disciple, it just yeah. did not get enough. So, really, you're boarding it in against the red-green decks and trying to kill dragons and arc sloggers. That was it. Uh, and then we had uh, four Viridian Shamans in this list, specifically. Main deck in all the other lists. It's like, yes. in, in not, not affinity lists, but in any, I mean, that's why the red-green decks existed. <laughs> yeah, because they had four of these. Yeah. And that was your typical list. Um, this did go on for extended season as well. Yeah, it was a very good deck and extended as well. Yeah. Actually, the extended Pro Tour that year was top-aided by a list that had all 60 main deck cards standard legal. 
It was yeah. Infinity Deck. Think about that. And, it, I mean, it went for a while because they never banned. Like, when they came up with Modern, they immediately was like, yeah, Artifact Land's banned. Yeah, but Affinity was, like, a real Affinity Deck for the entire time it was in Extended. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, but there was a little more answers with that. You had Shatterstorm. Uh, you had yeah, uh, Fracturing Gust. Fracturing Gust. There was a lot of good answers to it. So, as time went on, it became less oppressive in that format. But when it was in standard, there's just no question about it. This was one of the worst eras of standard you could have possibly played Magic. So thank yourself for playing now and not then. And if you played then, thank you for still being here. Like, you know, me and Will, we're fools. What do you think about that, Mike? Uh, not sure how to take that because, like, what you guys are talking about, it, it's one of those decks that unless you played in that era, you're not going to really experience too much like that. I can see some, a few aspects similar to the aristocrats, like how, oh, this died, you lose life or whatever, but, like, I've also played against it in modern, but you're saying there was, like, not much to combat it, other than anti, or on play with it. Yeah, but in modern, you also don't have the artifact lands. That is true. Which is one of the things that, if you've never played against this deck with the artifact lands, truthfully, you've never faced off against its worst power. Yeah, Yeah, it's declawed Falcon. Yeah, because I mean, Mox Opal only is a slight. Imagine Mox Opal. Those lands. Imagine Mox Opal with all your lands or artifacts. I don't think Mox Opal would get played if all your lands were. It artifacts. would. It would. It would be Glimmer Void. Glimmer Void would get replaced by Mox Opal. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, totally. But you can find room for two or three Mox Opals. I suppose I probably still would just run Glimmer Void because it gives me the option of casting it for any color. Turn one Ravager. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's yeah. Lovely. yeah. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mike, are you glad that you're not building standard decks for this season? As uh, a player. Yeah, I am very glad I'm not having to play in a format like this because it's tough. Probably I would just give up. As a lot of players did. Yeah. I mean, if it, when you literally, when you go to any tournament and you know that half of the room is one deck. You just better hope you know how to beat that one deck perfectly. And there wasn't very many ways to no, do there it. Weren't. There weren't. There just weren't. <laughs> I mean, way, too few, way too many things to have to answer, not enough things to answer with. Yeah. That's basically it. I mean, yeah. just the fact that everything was was mono, or like artifact, easy to cast, and had this incredibly powerful land, land base that no one thought about <laughs> in development. Yeah, how'd they miss that? Like, oh, yeah, these lands will make yeah. the affinity really good. No, they'll make them too good. <laughs> I mean, they made it really good in Mirrodin. I, I don't think that the people who tested Darksteel and Mirrodin tested together. I, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Just an absurd era of magic. And, you know, I, look, it made me quit for a while. It made Will quit for a while. I mean, because... Fact. And, you know, it made a lot of other players quit for a while. But when Ravnica came back around and Mirrodin rotated out, 90% of those players came back. Magic was good again. We we were just waiting that year for this... That was our day in the sun. We had three or four good years in a row. Like, let's get this deck out of here. And, you know, it was weird because after this, there was really a debate that, you know, because there was always this saying about, you know, we're going to increase the power curve and bring it back down. And... Once they did this, it's like, we've begun to question, is this the right way of doing it? Because literally well, everyone's taking a year it, off. It needs to be a more gradual bell curve rather than peaks and valleys. They went from something very powerful to very weak. Yeah. You can't do that. You need to, you need to ease it out. Yeah, now they go by the, uh, oh, what was that famous artist who drew the steps that connect each other and go up and down? Uh, MC Escher. Yeah, now they use like, they try to use an Escher style where it just, it goes up and down and you barely notice it. Yeah. Uh, but those who play Theros realize that maybe not. 
<laughs> so we're going to take another quick break, and we will be right back. Break, motherfuckers. Hittim's Podcast is brought to you this week, last week, next week, every goddamn week by the Brainstorm Brewery. Marcel, Jason Alt, Ryan, Corbin, they're holding stuff down with their own podcast over there, which you should absolutely check out. And don't forget to check out at thebrainstormbrewery.com, where they got plenty of good writers you can go check out for your financial needs. Oh, and you can find this show there. Yeah, this one. The one you're listening to, like, if you didn't find it on MTG Cast, like, it's over there. So you can listen to it over there if you want. Or at least, you know, go by their page and, you know, check things out and, you know, like, click on the link to us or something. I don't know. Anyway, brainstormbrewery.com. Go check it out. And we're back. So, Will, you know what? No, not Will. No, I'm new guy. I'm, don't, don't talk to me. Talk new to the guy. new guy. You're the new guy. What the hell have you been up to, man? Uh, you have literally no. Don't say nothing much because you. How old are you? I'm 21 years old. You have 21, 21 years, years of, what's up. of what's up that you can put out there that nobody's <laughs> Lately, uh, I've been up to either working, hitting the gym, playing magic, or recently playing D and D. Uh. Just yeah. got done with the session this morning. That was nice. Um, I got done with the session. Session? session? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got done with a session this morning, too, but it was not the session you're talking about. <laughs> um, are you yeah. playing D&D or are you playing Pathfinder? D&D. You should switch uh, to Pathfinder. Edition. Which edition? I've done some Pathfinder, 5th edition. How fifth is edition. it? I haven't gotten to play it. I keep looking through the books. Yeah, is it sweet? Um, I'm really enjoying it. I've played 3.5, 4, and 5. Um, a lot of people are saying it's like a mixture of three and a little bit of four and a little bit 2.5 but like what i really like uh it's simple like it takes a lot of the complex stuff and just dumbs it down or just gets rid of it till later levels hmm. so way players who want to play at level one they just, just get in make a character real quick and actually start uh yeah i mean that's cool i guess See, my I like favorite complexity. my favorite era of D was two and i had to deal with things like thacko and all that other crazy shit that people said was too complex but i enjoyed that era and it's never quite been the same for me since, so I don't know. I kind of wish it was a little more complex. Well, that being said, I'm glad to see that you are uh, using your imagination, Mike. What do you play? Um, currently, I have a uh, ranger. What is your race? Asimar. Oh, really? Asimar? That's the uh, the plain touch, the good guys? Yes. Like anti things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Neato. So you're lawful good. It made me roll. I, I, I landed lawful evil, but uh haven't really enacted that yet. Wait, no, you're Asimar, dude. I know. They're like lawful good. Our DM was a stickler and forced me to roll. That's okay. what I landed. All right. I mean, I'm not really playing that, but like, I try well, to explain. Kill some babies, man. Yeah, the best way to play is always chaotic evil. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> you can turn on anybody on a dime and nobody questions it. I do what the fuck I want, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember one time I was playing a chaotic evil character and I had a D100 and I had a uh, notebook and literally every action I took was on the roll of a dice. It's like, awesome. I had a hundred things written down in there and it's like, what do you do? This? Okay. All right. It was like, you know, attack areas in the field areas, what have you to be like, run away, leave them to die. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun, but I think that's the way to play chaotic. It's just literally let everything ride on the roll of a dice. You been up to anything else, Mike? Um, trying to just brave the cold, enjoy magic when I can, and 
planning on making a trip out for uh, GP Cleveland in March. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Will, sir. Oh. Big Daddy Will. Get off my lawn. What the <laughs> hell have you been up to? God, dude, I've been chasing kids off my lawn. Sweet. Yeah. My old well, lady's going to be done with her cane soon, so you can have it. Oh just so God. you can wave it at him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, I've been working, um, cooking a lot of breakfast, a lot of eggs, which is sweet. Um, what shift did you have on Valentine's Day, if you don't mind me asking? I worked the morning, oh, and, uh, yeah, that was, it was good. <laughs> got out of there. <laughs> the, um, the one restaurant I worked at that normally, normally we'll do about 60 tables a night, uh, they had like 185 reservations. Oh. So, I, I got to dodge that, which was sweet. Um, oh. <laughs> but, um... You know, I've been uh I've been tinkering around a little bit with uh Magic Online. I've been playing some Popper again, which is, you know, one of my all-time favorite formats. Sweet. Just messing around with Blue Black teachings. Like having four spikes in. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm playing counter spells. Um yeah. playing mystical myst- no brainstorms. No, no. So the the idea is that um a lot of the modern deck or, or a lot of the Popper decks are built around kind of ponder brainstorm um, preordained kind of engines or like they'll play a lot of chromatic spheres and baubles, etc. So that, you know, really when they get down to it, they're running less than, less than 30 real cards in their deck. And I just play like turtle, dirtle, blue black teachings where every card is unconditional in its effect. It does exactly what it says. There's no, unless your opponent pays mana, there's no, if you did something correctly, there's just like, I do this now. And occasionally you'll get out-tempoed, but your late-game engine is I Mystical Teachings for Teachings. And you also have Treasure Cruise. It's it's really, really sweet. I mean, like, you know, if you want to play with Treasure Cruise, man, build a Popper deck. I haven't played Popper in a long time. I don't even know if my deck's viable anymore, because I always ran a mono-blue capsize. Yeah, you know, like, Popper, it's a huge format, and, and like, there are metagame decks, definitely, but there's also, it's a room where brewing is really viable, because the the power level on all the cards is relatively similar, you know, because they're all commons, there's nothing that's just, like, crazy, uh, one card wins the game, you know, so, the, the closest to that is, like, Temporal Fissure. I don't so, know. Infect isn't oppressive anymore? Because that's kind of when I got out of it, was just, like, the Infect's everywhere. I don't know if banning has, bannings have occurred, or, or what, but, um... You know, well, uh, they did a while ago. Uh, hell, you was on the show. It was the first even, time you was on the show. Even the the oh, did they? That's right, they did ban the uh, the the pump spell, didn't they? Yeah, the green where you gave them four life. And- yeah, well, what I mean, so once that happened, then the infect deck wasn't nearly as good. Mm, okay, so yeah, yeah. So just tinkering around with that and like you know, hating minus five degree mornings when I wake up at five forty five and go to work. Yeah, it's been cold. Yeah, it has. Yeah, <laughs> it is definitely Salt, that too. Salt doesn't work in this uh, temperature, believe it or not. I know that, but they still keep putting it down. Yeah, well, because if you don't, people will complain that you're not doing anything. Yeah. So you no. just got to go keep putting it down. and hope Yeah, that, you're right. Up. Every half hour, I have to go put salt down, even if I'm cooking, even <laughs> if I'm getting slammed. Like, I have to go do it. And it's like, it's not working. Yeah, we know. Just keep no. doing it, because if people see you doing it, then it's, oh, okay, well, he's at least trying. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather be trying to cook food. You know, people still come out to eat food whenever it's below zero. It's crazy. You know, like, oh man, I don't, I don't like it. I think I've, I think I've, I think I hate my job. <laughs> I, it took, I, it took like, it took like 70 days this time. It did, I did a good job. Yeah, I, I can kind of, uh, feel you on that one. Um, yeah. 
So, like, see, my Valentine's Day, I, I went out with the wife. Um, we didn't do anything special. We went to just a local eatery. Uh, Did you go to Applebee's? No. You should have gone to Applebee's. It's super romantic. We we went to even more romantic, uh, a midnight hour Eaton Park. <laughs> It was it was like eating Parker McDonald's, you know, and we're like, I did McDonald's, baby, because I love you. I'm like, you know, if you would have paid with love if they asked. Oh shit, paying with love at McDonald's on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I, this was like I'm not doing McDonald's. At least at Eaton Park, I can get like a decent piece of fish. Yeah, that's the, you can get a fish there. So I was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna go to Eaton Park, and she likes their. Uh, they do make a decent hamburger. Um, and she likes those, so it was like, all right, we'll just do Eden Park. Because literally nothing else at midnight was open, and that was when I was able to do that. Um, I, earlier in that day, however, uh, I coached the last game of the season for my basketball team. We go into the playoffs this week. Um, they beat another undefeated team, so they're ready. Get them. Yeah, I feel like, you know what? We were, the right time. we were slow out of the blocks, but they've learned throughout the year, and now the playoffs are coming, and, you know, hopefully in the next three weeks, I tell you guys about me bringing home a championship. All we have is now. That's it. Um, win or go home. I love it. So there's that. I also pre-registered for GP Cleveland. So I am going. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have to request off work. Uh, okay. Uh, Buttercup is uh, coming with. Yeah. As of right now, he's uh, he's covering a room. Well, most of a room, and then I'm covering the fuel cost and stuff because I just can't afford to pay for a room. I was going to drive up every day. I'm just going to sleep on someone's floor. That was kind of my plan. I was like, well, here's the deal. There's enough people staying up there that I know that I'm like, well, if I make a day two, I'll just crash in, on somebody's floor. Dude, I brought a case of beer, guys. Come on. Yeah. You, you mean I can't hang out? Are you kidding me? Come on. Here's a case <laughs> of beer. I'm going to go curl up in the corner and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like exactly. I got to play tomorrow morning. Okay, we'll take the beer. You go sleep. You know, it's yeah. like a perfect plan, but... Dave was like, no, 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 I really want to just stay up there rather than drive up every day. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. So he's supposed to be covering the room, so apparently I'm staying up there. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Um, and then I've been playing a lot of Magic. That's good. Drafting a lot online, uh, playing in some premiere events. So far, my premiere events have all been like 4-3, 4-3, 4-3. Then the other night, I jump in one late, and I open a pretty good pool. Uh, my uncommons and commons were outstanding, and my rares were... Top tier. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, this is like a possible top eight deck. I'm going to grind this out. Um, so I get my first loss in like round four, and that was really to mana issues. It was the first time I had mana issues all day. Um, so I wasn't able to play my Sagu. I wasn't able to play my Solemgar. And, you know, I'm like, I had a crux of fate, and it's just like couldn't get to any of those manas. Couldn't get those manas. Yeah, couldn't get to the double black. Couldn't get to, you know, six it just, it hurt me that game. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Oh, well, that's one loss. It's not a big deal. So I continue on and I get my second loss in round, what was that, six, I want to say. And that was the mulligan to five, mulligan to four round. <sighs> so I missed the top eight because basically a mana issue, one game and... Just the shuffler. I'm not, you I mean, know. those it's, are MTGO it's, reasons. It's it's also magic though. That just happens in magic too. Like it is just magic. Right, right. I mean, it's weird, but I sit down to play at any bigger tournament like on Magic Online. I do give myself one round where I just I know I'm. I just I know I'm the shuffler. So not magic. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like that happens in real tournaments too, though. It does. Um, 
But it, you can pretty much count on it in seven rounds on MTGO. It's going to happen. That's true. Um, so, like, you know, all that happened, and I'm like, okay. And I, But I walked away. It's 16th place. It's a good finish. In a full tournament, 128 players. Um, yeah, that's a good finish, man. Uh, I was I was happy with it. I, I mean, I still... Yeah, that's day two. It is. I'm still a little bummed because I felt like, you know, if any of those games would have went just a little bit different, I'm easily playing into the top eight and... Man, I did better than Shaheen that night, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, you just gotta continue to uh, to play games, you know, and and eventually the variance will even itself out. Right, right. And you know what? I mean, for some reason, I've been drawn to Saltai a lot since Fate or Forge was coming. I think Saltai's really good right now, and I've I have that figured out now for sure. So I like I knew Mardu already pretty well. I knew Jeskai pretty well. Now I have a, a good grasp on Saltai. And teamer, so like I'm, I think I'm ready for Cleveland. I That's really, good. um, Obson, I, I will admittedly say I don't play it very often. Um, I don't have a reason why it just never seems to come to me, and I'm not going to fight people in a draft for it. So, yeah, I think it's the most overdrafted of the colors. So do I. Well, I mean, I feel like uh, Obson's been one of the weaker colors in Fate ever since it uh, got added. Also a possibility, for sure. It's possible. I know Mardu has, is not as good anymore, um, which is weird because I thought it would be better with some of the cards like Heel Cutter and what have you. But just opening those extra packs of Fate and not enough packs of... Yeah, I think that all the other just the other colors gained more than they did. They did. They really did. And, you know, I guess if you do open up a couple really good cards from Fate Reforged, you can go that way, but... Is what it is. Anyway, uh, out of that last tournament I did with the 16th place finish, I walked away with six cons and three uh, Fate or Forge packs. So that's sweet. That's a good number. Yeah, I got a little bit of playing ahead of me. Like I yeah, it's like it's like a sealed event. I can do a sealed event and you know trade one cons for a Fate or Forge into a draft, or I can just you know do three drafts and not have to worry about my finish at all. So yeah. that, that's kind of nice to just say, hey, I don't, it doesn't matter where I finish. I, I, yeah, no, I mean, that's for sure. One Magic tournament, buying you three more Magic tournaments is very good. Right. So like that, that actually simulates a Grand Prix perfectly. You do like seven or eight rounds of sealed on day one, and then on day two you do three drafts. Right. That is, yeah, I never thought of it that way. God damn it. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it worked out in the end. I'm going to get to play more Magic within the next week, and... More magic's always a good thing. Um, but aside from that, I really haven't been up to much. Um, yeah. Uh, shout outs. Anybody got any? I do. I would like to shout out Braden Defoe, Matt Hoover, Dave Emler, Colton Delaney, and Nathan Bain, Ryan Brummel, uh, because of Facebook, and Travis McFarland. <laughs> Did you just name everybody who's been on there in the last hour? No, no, I was specifically referencing an absolutely wonderful thread that is going to have permanent ramifications to the Pitims podcast. Okay, you're going to have to explain that one to me. Yeah, huh? it's cool. I now have a sign-off. It's amazing. Thanks, Oh, guys. that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and was like, I'm going to leave this be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Mike, you got any shout-outs? Uh, uh, shout-out to Michael Broderick. Thank yeah. you, Will. Yeah. The hell with that guy. That guy. Good good pop your cherry, Mike. Yeah! <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to both of you guys for giving the opportunity to come on here. Um, and pretty much just everyone else in the posse. Hopefully you can, uh, hopefully you can, uh, deal with me for a little bit. Might be a bit awkward on the first episode or two, but get, uh, everything, uh, worked out. Yeah, you'll figure out when to jump in. No problem. You'll figure out when to jump in. As time goes on, you'll get a better grasp of this and you'll get better at it, I'm sure. I mean, Ryan was a train wreck when he showed up and now look at him. 
That's your sack angle. Yeah. Um, see, my shout-outs, uh, I definitely have one for Buttercup. Uh, you better come through this time. Don't do me like you did Oregon. <laughs> um, and let's see, other shout-outs, uh, I guess Broderick, because he's here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and uh, that's, I think that's it. I don't know. My, my beautiful wife for dealing with me on Valentine's Day. Aww. That was a rough day. I were grumpy. Um, we, yeah, I could explain after the show. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put money on grumpy. Uh, let's just say I put a tweet out saying that I saved my marriage. Good. And I, I didn't expound on it any further, and I'm not gonna expound on it any further on the air, but yeah. About that not expounding, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, th- those are my shout outs for the week. Uh, but the fun part of the show, Will. Oh, check this out. Uh, we, uh, the Pit Imps, are trying to raise money for a new studio so that we can give you the top quality level of podcasting experience possible. So, you should give us some of your money. Uh, there's a GoFundMe page. The link is going to be uh, on the page that you downloaded this from. And, you know, you go on there. And uh, basically the way it works is if all of our listeners were at some point in time in their life to give us $5. Please, not just in your life. In the next you know, you know, few months would be great. <laughs> well, I mean... Look, we're going to kill you all if you don't think they give us money in the next couple months. So it I will. Mean, I mean, we can't. I can't promise that. It's tax season. I mean, hook us up with five bones. Dude, <laughs> income tax return. But no, you know, we're just trying to get some recording equipment so we're not you know, monkeys fucking a football and we're making a real quality product that can stand up for the history of time and say, look, these guys did a good job. So, like, it'd be really sweet if you could help us do that. Um, there's a GoFundMe page. There's a link. If you have the consideration and the money and the time, we would be very grateful if you were to be to do something like that. Right, and remember, uh, the person who donates the most in the next holy shit and a half playmat gets this sweet squirrel playmat. Shout out to Colton Delaney for just having a long sack, man. Yeah, via Colton Delaney, he's gonna mail that out to whoever donates the most because you know, like he said, he doesn't have the funds to go ahead and give us the money himself, but he does have a way to help out the fund. And the way he's doing it, he's saying, hey, whoever donates the most, I'll mail this to. It's a sweet, it's a sweet Star City Games squirrel play mat with four different squirrel arts. It's super, super cool. It's the, uh, what's her name? Liz, uh, Thank you, Broderick. See? There you go, Broderick. Way to jump in. Mr. Broderick. Yeah. Another guy, uh, Larry Slade, which I should have gave him a shout out, but you know, here it is. Uh, what he did was he sent me some fetches and was like, sell these. Yeah. And when you sell those, take that money, put it into your fund. I have a safe sitting in my bedroom, that money thing in the fund. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, any way you can help out, we'll absolutely love it. If you can just go directly through the GoFundMe, it, it's a lot easier on us, um, because all it is is pull the money out at the end of the month, stick it into the safe. Uh, but yeah, uh, please help us out. If you want to see a stream in the future, this is where we're going to do it. You know, like if you want to see all those cool things that you see a lot of other guys do, well, we want to do those, but we just, we live in a financially depressed area. <laughs> we don't have the money to upgrade our systems to that point. You know, like I'm a landscaper, Will is a short order cook, and Mike works for Home Depot. There's, yeah. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot of high dollar jobs going on there. I mean, Mike, you're not management, are you? No. No, so there's not a lot of high dollar jobs going on there. So we need your help. <laughs> yeah, guys, give us the money that we need to build a man strip club so we can take our clothes off for money. 
Wait, no, that's not what it's for. No, that's not what it's for. But anyway. you know what? If somebody donates enough and they pay enough and that's stretch what they goal. want. Stretch goal. I will jiggle my sack on camera for you. Stretch goal streaming. You guys want to see a stream? Here it comes. I don't know if I'd want to call that a stretch goal with me. Uh, a shrink goal? I can make it grow. <laughs> oh, man. On that note, I would love to tell all of you, Internet, how you can talk to me, because I know you all want to. Check this out. You guys have Facebook. Come on. It's the 21st century, and you're probably listening on your iPhone. So, Facebook. Pit Imps Podcast. Search for it. Join the group. Hear what everyone has to say. It's There's a lot of shit that gets posted. It's unreal how much stuff gets posted on there. Um, directly, you can contact me at facebook.com slash baddinner. I'm playing Magic Online right now. Uh, Will underscore Flaccid. And uh, I'm playing League of Legends. I am Lost My Donkey. So, yeah, I'm on the Internet. Come check me out. Mike, how would people get a hold of you, buddy? Yeah, we don't know how to do this yet. Clearly, I am obviously on the Pitimps uh, Facebook page. You can find me, message me pretty much any time of day. If I'm awake, I'll probably respond to you pretty shortly after I get the uh, message. On your smartphone, am I right? I can. Yeah. Find me on Twitter at at Huntmaster underscore Mike. Uh, I'll probably be posting a lot more on on Twitter now. Um, Mostly just retweets, but uh, probably a lot more with Pitimps. If you want me to find me on MTGO, you can find me at MTGXMike. MTG caps, lowercase x, big M, and lowercase Ike. Ooh, it's a little Ike. No Ike. Big it's Ike, Mike, and Ike. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me, you could uh, find me at Gonksuo on Twitter and on MTGO. <clears throat> like I said, I've been on MTGO a lot, like on all night time, like literally all night long on the weekends. That's where I live, so you can find me there easily. Um, that's, let's see, G-A-N-K-S-U-O-U. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. You can also find me at the Pit Imp Podcast at gmail.com. Um, that's Pit Imp Podcast at gmail.com. If you need something a little more long form, you know, that's a good place to find me. You can also find me again on the Facebook page, but, you know, yeah. Um, if you really want to get a hold of me quick, Twitter is the easiest way to do that. Hey, also, there's also a Pit Imp's, uh, clan on Moto. Yeah, there is a Pit Imp's clan on Moto. Uh, we're not the largest clan, but damn it. We have Joe Fiorini, and he just keeps winning his packs. Holy shit, dude. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Joe Fiorini. This guy is the man. Island Swamp. Yes. Uh, so you can join that as well. Uh, Imps Prison, every few weeks or so, I put up a new one of those. You can so make sure you go check out those. Next week, we're going to go over Grand Prix Memphis, which will be standard. And Mike, perfect timing for you. Grand Prix Vancouver, which will be modern. Oh, sweet. Can't wait. You're going to have yeah, to I'm pumped. Dude, I'm pumped. I love Modern. I'm so excited to talk about Modern with you next week, Mike. Like, finally someone else who doesn't hate Modern. Hey, I, you know, I hide the fact that I right. hate it pretty well. Like, we did that person. Did you really? He's excited about it. I, I really? I thought so. Oh. I thought I did a good job on the Pro Tour. Well, I mean, I did. you I, always do a good job on the Pro Tour. Yeah. But you also talked about the limited rounds. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, no, I talked about those right with you. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. And I didn't destroy the format. I just, you know, said what I said to say. Um, but until next week. Oh, check this out. Check it out. You ready? Uh, until next week. I say that. Now you say. Put your best sack forward. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, it's either that or that's the way the sack unfolds. So are there two sacks, one bad, one good? Uh, just put your best sack forward, Mike. All right. But, I mean, isn't your only sack your best sack? And what if you're a woman? You don't have a sack. 
Sack is figurative. It's not literal. Oh, okay. That's good. Mike, you thought up a sign out. Fine. May you wrap your sack in bacon. That's putting me on the spot here. Don't say I'm putting you on the spot. spot. I, dude, you have had two months to think of one of these. Yeah, but it's not like I that think is about true. it that any is true. other time aside from like the three seconds that you're like, all right, what's your sign off? <laughs> it's cool. No, I mean, now there's, there's like a, there's like a help will have a sign off you know, feed on Facebook. If you need a sack, I'm here for you. <laughs> you just keep cutting Mike off. I'm getting his two-month wait, expounding uh, greatness that he's been thinking of, just, you know, from the cackles of his heart. Ain't got no sign up for this week. The next week, that's your ass, I'll get one. Okay, have a good one. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>